19. This dude bought his first home at 19 years old. 19. And he only had a job for five months. And this dude is never, ever going to pay rent a single day of his entire life. Why? Why did he do that? Well, because he had just a little bit of guidance and he followed a plan. <laughs> also, because he knew that he would have the dopest party house on the block. Well, in the city. How did he do it? Well, that's, I'm sure, what you want to know. And that's what we're about to find out. This episode, it's got a lot of laughs. We do goof off quite a bit. But there are some great, great details in there. So listen close. If you're older than this dude, which is what? Probably all of you. I don't care if you're 5, 10, 20 years older than him. There is a lot to learn from this guy's story. Let's do it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here he is. This is Cortland, and I think he is. How old are you, buddy? I actually just turned 20. So March 6th. Oh, well, I turned 52 March 8th. So screw you. <laughs> no, that's good. Nick. <laughs> but it's awesome because we were chatting before I flipped on the microphone here. I found Cortland on TikTok because he had a video that has how many views now? It's at 14.3 million as of tonight. 14.3 million. Cortland, what's your handle? Let's get all my listeners out to you. Where are you? It's Cortland's home and pretty much TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, all that. Cortland's home. C-O-U-R-T-L-A-N-D-S home. Yeah. Cortland's home. Now, the reason why I reached out to him and God, I love social media. I just like instantly messaged him and was like, dude, who are you? And then he's like, this is me. Who are you? And I'm like, I have a podcast. Come on. He's like, cool. So tell everyone the story because obviously the name of the podcast is how to buy a home. So yeah. what's your deal, man? You bought a home when you were 19. How did you get this idea? The biggest idea, I guess, came from my parents because they didn't obviously want me to stay in the home forever. They, they, had, this, <laughs> they had this weird thing. They were like, if you're not going to school and you're not obviously like a student, then you can't just like live at home forever. And I was like, all right, that's fine. And I was in school and then I got a really good job. And then I was like, now I don't really see the purpose in school. So I moved back home and I had a full-time job. And so then they're like, you can't stay here forever. And I was like, I either get an apartment or I get a house. And I was like, I've been pruning for a house since I turned 18. So I'll just do it. Okay. This is where I'm curious now. Mm-hmm. A lot of 18 year olds are, if they go to college, they're undeclared, no idea what they're doing with the rest of your life. What do you think it was that before you were 18, even you were like, I want a house? Well, it wasn't necessarily that I was like, I knew that I wanted a house. It was more so like, I know that I'm going to want one someday and that someday future me will be very happy with myself if I get everything ready now. So so are you saying that like 16 year old, you just got your driver's license all freaked out? Like you already understood the financial value of owning a home or you were just like, dude, apartments are shabby. Gosh, no. I mean, it was driven in my head that a home is the best asset from like day one, you know, that's that classic. 
which I actually have some devil's advocate things to say about that later down in the road, but that's okay. <laughs> just from my experience. But, no, um, that's yeah. okay. We want to hear it all, but I will say this. Do you live in the same neighborhood as your parents? I live like 15 minutes from my parents. Okay. So, so when we're done with this podcast, drive over and high five them for me. Because <laughs> if, if you had this driven in your head, that means you had some good raisin fella. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So home full-time job. Had they already explained to you that financially, because you had the full-time job, you figured it out? Or what were your next steps figuring out the financial part? I think the biggest thing with at least like getting yourself ready for buying a house, because a lot of people come to the conclusion of, I want a home long before they start thinking about what do I need to do like leading up to that to be able to actually get a home. And I require, bro, that's why I started a podcast. (laughs) And uh, when I was like 15 to 16, I just started watching the classic YouTube videos and stuff. Just like it started off as get rich quick schemes. Like I was just researching and then you slowly come to realize those aren't really real. And you get into finances more and more and you realize I'm going to need credit when I want to go to buy a house. And so I'm like researching how to build credit and stuff. And then the day I turned 18, I went out and got two credit cards. I was like, I'm set. I'm doing it. And all my friends thought I was crazy. They're like, credit is the way to like go into debt and whatever. And I'm just like, no, dude, just don't be dumb. <laughs> Make a t-shirt. Make a t-shirt. <laughs> credit is the way, bro. Just don't be dumb. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I'm going to bottle that whole last 45 seconds of what you said, because I mean, not just the credit part, but the fact that you had the get rich quick stuff. I mean, that's why I started the podcast and it kind of blew up because most realtors don't want to help first time home buyers and they're so old. They don't understand, dude, everyone starts on the Internet mm-hmm. and no one was giving them anything. So and you see, you got to be a bright guy, though. You figured out it was get rich quick. And then you researched the credit. You got the credit together. So then did your parents give you a referral to talk to someone to get your pre-approval? Or did you find that online also? Yeah, they had been working with this guy they used to refinance and stuff in the past. And it's called like Diamond Residential. I don't know if they're local or anything, but they just recommended me to him. I literally just hit him up. I said, hey, I'm their son. I want to buy a house. (laughs) He was like, I think I remember them. Yeah. And he told me to send him over like info and stuff like that. And I think I had this man my bank statements and like all that faster than he's ever gotten them before. Like I was ready. I downloaded it all within like two hours and got it all to him. (laughs) Okay. So there you go. Tip number one from Cortland. I mean, obviously like I'm going to take this and turn it into like a PDF and say, this is what Cortland did. Follow this man. So number one, get your bank statements, every single page too. They want like every single page of the bank statement. So in the old days, gang, we used to get them in the mail. You have to go to your thing, download it, put it in a PDF, slam them all together. You need two years tax returns. And then sometimes, which which, dude, you were 19. You didn't even have that. So then great segue. Next question. How long did you have a full-time job before you got an approval for a loan? Because that's why most 18 year olds don't don't even call me. So this is the craziest part that no one believes. And I think I actually did something that not a lot of people do, but to start with, I was there for five months when I started looking for a house. And then by the time I had gotten the house, it was six or seven. 
because I was looking for a while. And the other crazy part is I was only making like 35K a year, like not that much. And almost half of that was commissioned. So they were really skeptical about counting that as pay, whatever. So your base was like half of that? My base was like 20, I think. So did you have a contract or did you have an offer letter or a contract or something that you showed the bank? How did the lender say, yeah, you're approved? Because the usual is you need two years. Yeah. No, I didn't have a contract or anything. I just went to my manager. I said, hey, can you write me a letter that says that we really like Cortland and his employment here is favored continually? And he wrote the letter. No problem. Because he likes me. And I gave it to the underwriter. And then this is the crazy part. They pre-approved me for 130000 I want to say 120 something. I don't remember. Yeah. And I went to them. Because obviously my house was like 157. So I went okay. to them and I said, no, this isn't enough. I want more. <laughs> and they were like, okay. And I was like, let me talk to my boss. So I talked to my boss and he had the GM write a letter that the commission that I got was not necessarily the subject to that much change because I was working in parts. So the commission was pretty much always on average, the same for like the last five years for the same people in my position. So that's exactly what he put in the letter. He wrote the people in his position the last five years have gotten this on average. And the underwriter said that they could count it as, I want to say beneficial standing or something like that. Yeah. And so then they brought me up to like 140 and I was like, no, I need more than this. I was like bartering with the underwriter. I was like, no, I need pre-approved for more. Hey, everyone out there there listening, that's not normal. (laughs) I didn't know. I was just like, because winning that battle is not normal. (laughs) They said, is this okay? And I was like, no, it's not okay. Like, realistically, and I was like formal about it. I was like, realistically, I need to be around this number. And they were just like, and like in his head, he's probably going like, what the heck? This kid. Who is this kid? (laughs) (laughs) At the same time, though, I mean. I think your GM and your manager and your boss there, they're, they're like, if you're in a commission sales job and you're hustling in like this, it's like, dude, we got to keep this guy around. See, that's the problem. I have so many people that they'll hit a stupid app on their phone and they'll go to Rocket Mortgage or something and it'll tell them this is what you're approved for. And it's 50 grand less than the neighborhood they want. And then they sign another lease. And call me 12 months later and say, okay, I saved up enough, but everything's changed in 12 months. If you don't dig deep with a real lender, you never figure it out. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So then you went back and then they gave it to you. Uh-huh. And then how long was the shopping process? I only looked at one other house because I knew what I wanted. Just, I could pretty much know just off seeing it. And my mom she's been interior design for like 20 years and my dad's been an electrician for like 20 something. So they've already remodeled like three houses by themselves. So I will admit I had that under me and that not everybody has that kind of a thing. So I put all my offers in as is because I was like, whatever, like we can make it work. See, but uh, that's huge. See, everybody has something like you had 157. Somebody else maybe has three years of a job let's say some 21 year old, maybe they've got three years of job. Maybe they've got a couple bumps in salary, but maybe they know their parents can't fix their place for them. 
and help them out. But now they can get a higher approval or maybe someone's got a $10,000 savings bond from grandma somewhere. Everybody's got something because you have to compromise when you buy. And that was what your video that blew up because it was like, dude, I'm 19. I bought a house. Here's how I did it. And now it's just been constant. Your TikTok is just, God, my HGTV loving listeners are going to be all over your feed, man. <laughs> because the Good stuff that you're doing, like you took something and just turned it into your own little masterpiece. So that's pretty amazing. Okay. So you knew you had the team behind you. Everyone else is freaking out about the market. When did you close on the home? I closed like November 17th, which I think was, I put the offer in. And the crazy thing with this market right now, the house was on the market at like 7 a.m. I went and looked at it at 9 a.m. and put my offer in an hour after. And I knew by 9 p.m. that night whether or not I had it. They had, I want to say it was like more than seven offers or something in the first day. And my realtor told me there was actually an offer higher than mine. And I had offered 8,000 over asking. Like it was listed at 149. I put in my offer at like 157.5. And they said there was an offer that was higher than mine, but it wasn't as is. So the seller went with my offer. So that was kind of crazy too. We just found each other and you didn't have to listen to my podcast to do this, but I have been dropping twice a week. This is what's going on in 2022, 25,000 over 50,000 over 48 offers on this house. But there is something to be said about the speed factor too. the fact that you got in there quick as is there's a whole bunch of reading between the lines. The other realtor looked at that and went, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. He was here in the first hour and he wrote it as is that tells me this offer and this realtor understand this market because what will happen for me is. I'll get something on the market on Friday, have open houses Saturday and Sunday. If an offer comes in Sunday night at 10 o'clock and they're asking the moon, like the seller has to pay for everything. I'm like, okay, this realtor is a joke because yeah. they don't understand what is going on the market. You know, like, <laughs> <They're> like uh, vetoed. <laughs> yeah. So was the realtor a referral for mom and dad too, or do you just like Google it? Yeah. He was just my neighbor. He happened to be a realtor. So sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. That's I'm like a third of the way done getting my license because that's kind of what I want to do. I like the idea of no boss or anything like that. (laughs) It's pretty fun, man. It's pretty fun. Let me tell you. Well, there's good training. Just listen to the podcast. It'll help you figure out how to work with first time home buyers. You get your butt some decent training because there's a bunch of other people on TikTok that are selling being a realtor. And they're spending more time producing their stupid videos than they are learning how to work the contract. So I believe it. You can separate yourself pretty quick, man. Pretty (laughs) quick. And then, you know, it'll be awesome in like two or three years. I'll be sending you podcast listeners and you can help them buy their first house. That would be epic. (laughs) That would be epic. I know. My realtor told me the first month he was a realtor. He's handed out business cards to everybody at drive through windows, Walmart, whatever. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's what I'm going to do too. <laughs> oh yeah. I, that is a conversation I could have for hours and we'll have that off air. So tell us more. Okay. So we got all the good, we got all the positive. The reason my people like my podcast and, the, and they're still here listening is because I tell them the truth. You can buy a house in 22, but suck it up. It's going to suck. 
So what were your things about the home buying process that surprised you, concerned you, or are you would like to warn other people about? Because I got the gist. You were thinking not everything was awesome. Yeah. I mean, I obviously didn't put only an offer on this house. I was outbid on two other houses I put offers on and I just got outbid flat out what it was, but people could put 10 K more and it was all cash. And it's just crazy. I'm like, how do people have 200 K in cash? Like, what? yeah, but I have people out here that in Southern California, where I am, they think they got a $500,000 gift from grandma and they were out. We were going out buying $900,000 houses because around here, 400 ish, if you got a regular job is like what you can afford which is crazy. And we were getting outbid by $150,000 because people at 950 were coming in and going, "Ah, we'll go one, one cash. Insane. (laughs) So what else, man? Tell everyone about the whole home buying process, like the negotiations, the inspections, all that stuff. What did you learn? Yeah. I mean, the realtor is pretty great about laying everything out. They're pretty specific. They'll tell you what they want from you and stuff. If they're good, I can't speak to the validity of all realtors, but I oh, no. think I, think I, found I, I tell everyone most of them suck. Yeah. The whole thing on my podcast is come find a unicorn realtor. I've got good people around the country, but it's not as many. It's just the first time buyers get the raw end of the stick. So, yeah. okay. So you were following your lead and you had trusted people and you felt good about that. Yeah. I trusted him. I feel like he was looking out for me. He was my dad's friend for a little while and, but you can find good people out there. He also understands working with someone like you, like this is a smart dude who's got his game together. And if you have friends, guess what you're going to do? That's why my unicorns work so hard for me is because I tell them, here's a great client. They researched it. They found my podcast. Now run with it. So yeah, okay. take them off. <laughs> so dude, and loan, you were cool on closing costs and you were ready for all that. Your lender got you prepared. Not at all. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you remind me because I saw I, your eyes, man. Bad things. <laughs> so they had originally pre-proofed me at a 3% interest rate. And I kind of think that they might do this to a lot of people. But when I was at closing, sitting down, the paper said 3.25. So they just like, completely went above what they said. And I think they do that because they know people aren't going to not sign it when they're sitting down there with 500 pages in front of them. Oh, you got to reprint all these? Because I feel like they're kind of pulling a quick one on me. But I was like, it's whatever I did, what everyone else would probably do. And I just signed anyway. And then... uh, (laughs) Well, the interesting thing about that is they have changed the laws a little bit. So you're supposed to get a closing disclosure and you're supposed to have three days to review it before they send you the full documents to sign. The problem with that is that's three days before you close on the house. And for the last 27 days, your email has been flooded with all this gigantic paperwork and you've been signing, 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 reading, reading. And by the time you get that, you're like, and then some people miss that. That was exactly what happened to me. And I was just kind of like, well, what is this? But I was like, I don't know that I can even really do anything about it. So I don't know. I don't know how it works. And then also the closing costs, because I mean, my down payment, I think it was like technically supposed to be like six grand and closing costs was 12 after everything. 
Yeah. Um, I was not expecting it. I had to like pull money out of savings and stuff for it. <laughs> yeah. It's something that I'm really glad you brought it up. We're trying to help people understand. We're trying to help people prepare. It shouldn't be that much more. So you were doing six on 150. Yeah. Well, I had to put 2,500 over because I was only approved for 155. So, okay. I just offered more yeah. just from cash savings. So, yeah. The problem with the closing costs is it's half of its fees. And then a bunch of other stuff is like prepayment. You're prepaying taxes and you're prepaying insurance and you're Escrow, prepaying your mortgage. That, yeah. And if you close on the fifth, you have to prepay like 25 days of that month. And that's like almost an entire mortgage payment. And suddenly you're like, whoa, and it gets huge on you. Yeah. Oh, I paid more than a mortgage payment before I even yeah. like the first day. I was like, but yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. You get some pieces, the underwriters worked it for you. The lender said, sure, you just had a job for five months. And then they went, we got to get some money on the back end on this kid. And then bam. So <laughs> they did. They did. <laughs> wow. Okay. And anything else, any other experiences about buying a house that you want to share with the world before I get into all the other cool stuff that you're doing in the house? The inspection you did as is. So were you just going in there thinking, I'm just looking to see if there's some giant problem? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, the inspector was thorough. Like he would tell you if the microwave wasn't working and like they look at everything. I got a PDF and he'd be like, oh yeah, the paint is dripping in this spot. I'm like, dude, that's crazy. I could never do that job. My attention to detail is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> well, you definitely seem like a global thinker. So I, <laughs> I'm with you on that, bro. <laughs> but I tell PDF. people all the time before the inspection comes, I'm like, okay, remember this, this is their job. They're supposed to find stuff wrong. And yeah. the number two person sued in real estate transactions. Cause guess who's number one, all the realtors, but number two is the home inspector. Really? So they're going to list anything that even is a little bit off. So you can't come back and go, dude, you said this house was fine. So that PDF was scary. That's good. That's a big warning for everybody because for the next year or two, they're going to have to probably buy as is also. Yeah. So let me ask you this. If you didn't have a dad who was an electrician, would you have still felt cool enough about this house to think, I can just hire a handyman or a contractor to fix this stuff. Nothing's major. Yeah. With this house, it didn't have anything major that needed done. We had the water heater get looked at for like 200 bucks and the guy just fixed a little part in it. And that was the only crazy thing. Everything else was chill. And the inspector didn't say much about electricity, but when my dad got up there in the attic, he was like, Holy crap. He was like, dude, if this wasn't your house, I wouldn't work on it. He's like, I could get shocked by standing on the wood. Everything's grounded to everything. And oh my gosh. Whatever. Yeah. And they had like extension cords running actually outside, like on the wall for like lights in the closet and stuff. They weren't wired in the wall. And there were those little extension cords that you can't put in houses anymore because they're like prone to catch fire. Like those little like two prop yep. ones. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's like tons cords. of them. Yeah. Yeah. I could cut them down and stuff. And I'm like, what is this, man? I can guarantee you every home inspection I go in, if California here where we have attics, I'm like, just know right now, the inspector's going to tell you that the wiring in the attic is wrong. If it's hidden, like they won't cover junction boxes. They'll have spliced wires that are just sticking out, which always makes me laugh because it's an exposed wire right next to 
foam insulation. Like, um, (laughs) (laughs) that's cool. Okay. So your TikTok is amazing. So you've been documenting your whole journey. Yeah. And so just with my phone, just with your phone, man. I've been the one videoing all the time. My mom has done it a few times and I go back and I look and she wasn't recording. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) you have like a one second still of like right before or after you were supposed to be talking. (laughs) Well, then I would have my sister record me doing the work. Like there'd be tons of people that would comment like she or like whatever. They thought that the person posting the TikTok was the person behind the camera. Like they were oh. like, oh, your brother's so helpful. And I'm like, it's me. I, <laughs> the account's me. <laughs> it's my house. That's the story here. <laughs> I'm 19, man. It's mine. <laughs> so understanding that you are a global thinker was the whole fix up just because you're like, if I'm going to be a total baller and have a house that have my friends have be totally jealous of me, I want it to be a sweet place. Or are you thinking sell down the line? Everything that I did modernized the house in terms of like price, but I did way more than I needed to. I changed every surface that you could see in the house because I'm a really cosmetic person. Every door and trim was painted. Every socket changed. Every handle, all the walls were painted, the ceilings, new floors, anything you could see when you walked into the house, different surface now. So I just did a fresh everything and we did it all ourselves. Like I was painting walls for hours. And Well, I got to tell you something. This is a really interesting thing about housing. The real estate markets, just they're dumb. They're behind. They're not up. That people see, buyers see the real estate market's going to be 10 years behind whatever trend is happening. Mm-hmm. Flipping houses is the big thing. Guess what every buyer is saying right now. If they go into a house that is modernized right next to yours, but it's a flip, they know. Yeah. They totally know. I've had people say, I saw some girl on TikTok. I don't want to flip. I could tell this was the seller's house and they really loved it. Like when I go into your house and I see all that love, I'm not going to be freaking out that my inspector has to go check the attic. I know at some point you've checked out the electrical. I know you've checked it out. So you're going to increase your home more in value than just a flip company. Because in five years, buyers are going to be so savvy, have watched so much HGTV. They're going to know this is not a flip. This dude lived here and this guy knows his stuff. Now, Here's the big one. Mom's an interior designer. Did you even let her talk to you about design? Or you're like, my house, my thing. I was like, you can advise me, mom. But at the end of the day, it's my pick. I chose every color and I okayed everything. And I did some things she didn't agree with, but hey, it's my house. So heck yeah, baby. (laughs) I didn't include it in the video, but it actually has an in-ground pool in the backyard. Because I don't know why I forgot to include a picture of it. But when we were getting it, that was huge for me because I was like, dude, pool parties. Like, what? Oh, heck? my God. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's got like a diving board and everything, and which it's broken off right now. But and it needs like a new pump and everything. So that still has work to be done. So I'll probably make a whole TikTok on like just the outside of my house. But I remember that'll be cool TikTok on how to get your pool ready. Yeah, stuff like that. You know, I'm going to do like market lights out there and all that. But 
it'll be epic. And, but I remember when I was remodeling it, I was thinking to myself, if I was flipping this, I would just list it over what the realtor recommended because I know some young couple would come along and be like, it's perfect. And they'd be like, offer as much as we can. They totally <laughs> would, man. <laughs> just because of like, it would check some of their boxes. They'd be like pool, modern walls. And like, like it's the stupid stuff that people love. There could be like a $10,000 roof problem. And I feel like some people will see like painted walls and they'll be like, yes, <laughs> dude, please. Okay. Everyone. Wherever you're listening to this, unless you're on the treadmill, stop the treadmill. Everyone else, press rewind <laughs> real fast. I know it's a 15 second button. Just push it. Don't look at the cosmetics, man. It's not as hard as you think. And absolutely, it's the intangibles. It's the location. It's the lot size. It's the layout. But even the layout, it's just drywall, gang. If it doesn't have an open field, cool. Sledgehammer, that wall. Boom. And you're all set. But you're right in. I think I might have said this on the podcast before. For a while, there was a trend. If you painted the front door red, like instantly sold in California, it had something to do with the Midwest people thinking it had like a barn door feel and a kind of a country cozy because <laughs> where we are, everything's a track home. I mean, track, 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 track. And it track? was like they built a bunch of homes and they went. A, B, C, repeat, A, B, C, oh, repeat, oh A, B, C. It's you know. funny that you say that because I painted my red door black. <laughs> <No way>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, a little bit sensitive to certain colors, but like I hate red. I can't stand it. There's nothing red in my house. I swear I could pan the phone around. You wouldn't see anything red or like oh my God. shades of orange. So I had the red shutters and the red door. I was like, mm -mm, they're going black. And my mom kept yelling at me. She was like, we can do that later. You can do that in the spring. And I was like, mm -mm, I ain't walking up to a house with a red door. I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh -oh. I got to walk up and see that every night. Cause you walk in twitching right when you yeah. come in. <laughs> I know. I'm, like, I'm, like, mom, I'm not comfy, man. I'm not comfy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So I would ask this question, but the answer I think is going to come later on when first of all it warms up because you're going to be so extra like inviting your friends over and like they're going to go you want to come over and game and you're like in your little one bedroom apartment nah bro come over here so <laughs> you know but I, when you I get that party, party every going, weekend <laughs> <laughs> so what's been the best part of being a homeowner now for a few months mm. Being able to pick everything and just clean anything that I want. Because I'm a clean freak. Like you walk into this house and you wouldn't think that a teenage boy owned it ever. You'd be like, no. My mom, she'll pick things up. I'll mop every day. Every day. <laughs> I just, I'm a clean freak and I like it too. Because there's no one else to be able to like mess the house up. Which I do live with my best friend, but I can clean up after him pretty easily. <laughs> Well, best friends kind of tend to know each other's things. Mine would on purpose when we lived together, open a can of tuna because he knew I hated the smell. <laughs> so <laughs> it's the little things. It's the little things. What kind of flooring did you go with? Actually, I went against a lot of my advisors and I went with peel and stick, but that was only because 
the difference between a laminate snap-in and peeling stick was like an extra couple thousand. And I was not only on a budget, I was dumping my entire paychecks like into the house. Like I had no money. I was just like, ah, <laughs> oh, we'll get it done. Next paycheck. I'll just, yeah. I'll be ready. <laughs> it's crazy. That's when you serious. really want something, you find a way to find money. <laughs> well, okay. But that, see, that is great. I'm not telling everyone out there to buy a home so that you have no savings left so that you have to get a paycheck. But the point is, what can you live with? It's like red door. No, everything else. Fine. I can save for a couple months or in your case, week to week. And then when I feel like it, but that's the point you're at a stage. It's like, I don't have a bunch of responsibilities. I can start my 401k next year and I'll still make a bazillion dollars. Because, you know, <laughs> they run all the charts. If you started this by 25, you're like, bro, just turn 20. So <laughs> you're fine. So the reason I asked about the floor was, number one, I wanted everyone to hear that and understand. But I also wanted to know, since you're a mop crazy, do you have a Roomba or are you a mop dude? Well, the reason I mop is because I also went against what my mom said and put glossy marble looking kitchen flooring in because I was like, I was like, mom, yes, I could do like flat tile, but who do you know where you walk into their house and it's instantly just like glossy flooring? Like that's badass. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, now I have to mop it every day because you can see water, you can see anything of dirt, just like glistens. <laughs> and I knew I would have to do it too, but. <laughs> see, but you bring up such a great point. It's hysterical doing the podcast over the years. I've been like, following the research of people's reasons for wanting to buy a house, this whole DIY HGTV thing, you know, the, the number two reason besides your number three, there was like space. We have to pregnant, whatever. And then there was financial security because when they did this interview, they keep saying that people are waiting longer to buy a house and the stats don't really back that up, but I get it. There are a lot of millennials who, are your Gen Z, but the dudes right above you are like, they want to be able to travel and do stuff. But the number three thing, which blew my mind was, I want to do what I want to my house. Because mm -hmm. it's like, if you were apartment living at this new job, you could get your paycheck and want to change it, but you can't rip floors up. So that's cool. That's been the most exciting part for you is to be able to actually do what you want. Have you done anything really crazy? I know mom thinks the marble flooring is crazy. I think it sounds dope, but the Island countertop is a closet door <laughs> and it's in the video. You can't tell it's wrapped in sticker that looks like marble because we put Ikea countertops on the rest because they were like 200 bucks for the entire counters. They're laminate. They look like marble and Granted, I don't like how they feel at all. And I wish I had like dense, cold marble, but it's a difference yeah. of $200 and seven grand for actual granite countertops. So I was yeah. like, okay, well, it's a deal breaker, obviously, but they didn't have that size in stock at Ikea and we're actually still waiting on it. So it's just a door. It's literally a closet door I ripped off and put stickers on. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even tell, but from far away. <laughs> that's awesome so are your friends jealous or did they just not have a clue or are you like king of the neighborhood now of the house yeah the, the fact that no of your sweet door no yeah. <laughs> no of the house man i mean 
you know, I try to be humble. I don't like boast about it and anything like that. But they appreciate that we have a party space now. Instead of being like, ha ha guys, like you don't have a house. I'm like, hey, we can use this space now. And everyone's like, yeah. Yes. Oh, see, I have so much data and nerd knowledge that I put on my podcast. But this is the kind of stuff that I want to say, but I don't say as often as I should. Houses are sexy. People think it's cool and you can have a place to party and there's no worries about a landlord. Now, mm-hmm. if I said that, just that, and you would think I was doing a get rich quick scheme, but this is a big part of why I love helping first time home buyers, man. I also do it because the people call me and say, we have one baby, we're having another one. We live in a one bedroom apartment. I love to be able to help them get a nursery. Let's get to a two bedroom condo at least. But if you're, especially now, if everyone's getting married later, wouldn't it be just way better to have a house to have all those fun parties at in your 20s? And you best believe that prenup's coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to protect your wealth, baby. <laughs> I was like, yeah, ain't no way a girl's taking this from me. I did this with my family. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, that's a whole nother podcast on how to take title and how to keep title. <laughs> Every state's going to have different rules if somebody moves in and pays rent for a certain amount of years, but you're probably good. I think it's seven years in California. I don't know what it is there, but you can have plenty of time. That's awesome. (laughs) Okay, so pool, what's the next project in the house? What should we be looking for on TikTok since you've done all the building that everyone's going to be excited Uh, to follow? Oh, you're going to make when are you going to post the party? A little sneak peek. Oh, sneak peek. (laughs) Okay, so. The next thing is the cabinet doors are almost done being cut for the kitchen. They're going to be flush mounted, like self-closing doors. So that I'll show that off a little bit. And then obviously you have to get the actual island on, which will be waterfall edges. So that will be kind of cool. And then I'm hoping to be able to build a bar in my living room. Such a bachelor pad thing to do, but I'm just going to whatever. <laughs> and then, this is what I tell people all the time. I had one. When I lived in Hollywood, we actually were driving down and someone like put it out on the street to throw away. And like my roommate and I went back and found our friend with a truck and one of us stood there. So <laughs> no one would take it. it. That's how you do it. <laughs> so go watch the bar. Exactly. <laughs> I just stood there by the bar. I was like, do do. But someone like you who's gone through the process, I always tell people, keep in mind, think of the fun things too. Because if you put it in and if you ever want to sell the place, if you know how it went in, you know how to take it out and turn it back into a regular living room. Mm-hmm. You can turn your living room into the jungle safari if you want to. When you sell it, you just got to take it down and go neutral. That's awesome. Oh, my God. I just realized we talked about you building a bar and you just turned 20. So you built a bar for your friend or your roommate's 21, right? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's for my friends that come over who are of age. I mean, fantastic. Well, you could still stock it with soda, but yeah. you know, look for plumbing if you can. That's always a fun thing. Like when people have bars that we buy houses that have bars in them. If you can plumb it and get a sink back there, yeah, that would be nice. Or a kegerator, little, <laughs> and then tap it. But, <laughs> Oh, see, talking to you now, I feel 20 again. <laughs> Except I didn't own, I just rented. 
house to house and I had to go pick my bars up from the trash area. Well, but. it's so cal, man. Not everybody, you know, the wages here can do a lot more than in SoCal. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's smart because the progress, what you're going to be able to do right now, like your doors are open, like you can start your savings account, start your retirement funds. If you want to ball out and retire at 35, you can do what you did for the last year in other parts of your life in financial stuff. But you know what else you can do? You can sit back and just chill. If the market goes up and goes down, great. When you're 30, this house will be worth more than it is today, no matter what. I don't care if there's a big correction because it's going to change. You were 19 years old, 10 years into a run. It's like, well, I can hang out and wait for it to crash and go down. But then I rent for eight years and blow all my money. And I'm not going to sell during a housing market crash. I'm not an idiot. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's funny you should say about the 35 thing, because I don't know if you're ready to get into this yet. Future plans and everything. Yeah, go. OK, so right now the current state is I'm kind of house hacking. So my best friend, he pays like four hundred dollars a month. And That's total house hack. Yeah. And then I've got someone else I'm planning to move in in about a year. They're going to probably pay another 400. So that'll be almost most of the mortgage rate. Yeah. I'll just have utilities left. And then around that time, or maybe a few months after that, since I did the remodel, I'm very close, if not over 20% equity, depending on how much it would reappraise for. But I'm going to refinance, use the money as a down payment for a second house in about a year or so rent that house out. And after renting it out for a little bit, refinance that one and just keep going down the line until I have whatever, how many houses. And so I'm hoping that I can get that done. So here's my tip for anybody out there who wants to build an empire like Cortland, keep that relationship with your realtor. And the hardest thing about the plan that you have, which is totally right, is the best time to have done that would have been 2012, one a year. What's going to be the most difficult thing for you, and there's this entrepreneur I listen to named Gary Vaynerchuk, and he talks about patience, is you can do that for the next couple of years, but you got to have a great relationship with your realtor and work so that they can tell you, remember when you bought your house? And that we couldn't get a house and we kept getting outbid. Yeah. Well, now my buyers are going out to buy houses and we're the only offer after three weeks. That's when you're going to realize that the value is going to go down. And so that's when you get your maximum refinance, pull it out and stay in that house and then watch the market go down because yeah. your refinance is never going to get any bigger than that moment. Mm hmm. So if you go, well, you know what? No, I'm going to say, so if your realtor, if you have a good communication with someone, or if you're doing this and you and I are doing virtual training and you're working for the, how to buy a home and you're helping all my buyers in your area buy houses, then someone's going to be on top of you going, boom. Okay. This feels like the top because the data that tells you that it's the top is six months behind, but a realtor who goes, there were 25 offers last week. Ooh, there were only 10 offers this week. And then in a month from there, they're like, there's no offers after two weeks. They're like, start getting yeah, ready. It's starting. <laughs> and then that's when you pull all the money out and then you just chill. And then you work other financial angles and you work your savings. 
And then you watch the prices. And then that's when you come back and go, okay, now it's time to start yeah. going. Now that it's low, now we're going to just dump money in. Yeah. yeah. Cause then your plan actually it'll stop because as the market goes down, you can't buy a house and refinance in a couple of years because you might lose two, three, 5% in your equity. Yeah. So when the market's going down, that's when you got to chill. And so that's one of the things you can do at that point is remodel some of the other old ones, or that's when you call me and I'll explain to you, you'll do it in your area, but I'll explain to you a 1031 exchange, which is where you take multiple properties, put them into an apartment and you don't pay taxes on it. Interesting. Yeah. I haven't heard of that one. Long-term stuff. Cause the investors say, get as many doors as you can. If you can take your first two properties and combine them into a fourplex or a small eight unit apartment over 20 years, that thing's going to make you way more money. And the turnover is a lot easier than turning over a single family home. Everybody goes from single family homes to just multi-unit. Like, I mean, all the big ones I've seen, Chris Cron, Grant Cardone, I mean, yep. they, all, they all end up getting into 50 unit apartment buildings. And Yeah. And it's just because the single family home, there's a big property management aspect to it. And eventually you get there and the margins are higher. There's a That's, limit to scaling single family homes. You yeah. can scale them a lot, but you do hit a limit and it's a couple million, but it's a yeah, limit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. This is the growth that you need. And at some point you might have three, you might sell one to get all the capital and take the other two and put them into a 1031 into a multi, like an eight unit, 10 unit, 20 unit place, because you're going to need the capital from that one sale to manage it for the first couple of years and then run with it, you know? Yeah. So, Wow. Well, of course, that's stupid. I was going to say, I can't believe I'm getting into heavy real estate stuff with a 19-year-old, but of course I am. You're 20 now, I know, but you're 19 when you bought the place. Other 19-year-olds out there trying to figure out how dope a rims they can put on their car and you're sitting in the house you own. So that's pretty bitching. Yeah. I also do like the chrome rims. However, I chose to drive an $800 car for the fact that I knew that in a few years that will be a lot more. <laughs> It will. And everyone has to make their choices. I'm definitely not like, save everything. I mean, I'm anti Dave Ramsey. Like you were talking about the people who say, don't do any credit and only do it with 20% down. If you're not, as you said, as I can't remember if you said stupid or dumb, uh, but <laughs> with credit cards, <laughs> but if you're smart with your credit cards and you manage it, unfortunately, your credit score is part of your life, man you have to have it. So yeah. that's killer. Okay. Well, anything else you want to say? Cause this is, this podcast will go up. I just had someone today that said, I just started listening to your podcast and I binged them all. And the first one was three years ago. So somebody's going to listen to this in three years and want a Cortland update. So anything else you want to say to all the people out there who are thinking about buying a home besides the fact that it's awesome. Cause you're the party house. The only other thing I would say to consider, which I think that overall, because of what I'll be doing with the refinancing and then getting another and just building that momentum train, I think this will have been a better option. But for some, I think that a lot of people also don't realize that 
there's a lot that goes in the first year or two, especially all the furnishing, all the things that you're going to want to buy, have to buy and forget that you have to buy. Like I had a list of stuff that I thought I would need. And it was like five times that list. Uh, and yeah. it was a big list. It was like 130 things. It was the toilet paper and kitchen utensils and bowls and cups. And I swear five times that amount. Like you just run into things. You're like, oh, wait, I don't have Neosporin because <laughs> yeah. I usually just went to my mom's. <laughs> okay. So here's the cool thing about that. First of all, you first thing you said was it's understanding the real essentials to someone's life. Like you immediately said, it's my place, it's here, and it's probably different than other people. You're right. There's a balance between finances and quality of life. Most people out there aren't you. Most so people most aren't pe- willing to take a dip in quality of life in the name yes. of finances. They think that they can do both at one time. But what it really is, is the people who are millionaires in their 20s were driving $500 cars for five years. And people just, some people aren't willing to do that. And that's okay. But you have to understand, you may not get to that point that those other people were at. Then. <laughs> yeah. I think after I started following you, my For You page started figuring out my algorithm. <laughs> there was some girl behind that came up on my FYP. And it was like, I sold my Benz so I could buy my house. And there's a picture with her. And it looked like a freaking Instagram influencer with this awesome car. And she's all... So I pulled up in my sweet used Toyota Corolla and got the keys to my house because she made the sacrifice. But the cool thing is most people aren't like you, which means that a lot of people don't start thinking about this till they've been renting for a little while. So, yeah, they lost some money. But one of the things they can at least think about that they're happy about is they have Neosporin in their apartment. They have bowls. So the extras that you had on your list because you came straight from mom's, they have a bunch of that stuff in their apartment. Yeah. Because- from the apartment, it's a whole different story. You've already had that experience and like, yeah, and stuff. And yeah that's awesome. That. Dude, this has been amazing. This has been so inspirational and I can't wait. You're going to get TikTok messages in like nine months when people hear this for the first time because <laughs> podcasts live forever. Unlike stories on Instagram or TikTok videos. So <laughs> definitely true. This is amazing. So ladies and gentlemen, once again, what's the TikTok and Instagram at Cortland's home? Cortland's home, yeah. Cortland's home. Add him, folks. Tell him you heard him on the How to Buy a Home podcast. If you see something that says I'm a how to buy a homie, that's my crew. That's what they that's all what are. Yeah, yep, I'm yep. now, baby. <laughs> you know one now. Awesome. Thanks so much. Talk to you later, buddy. I don't know what to say. He did that at 19. I think everything needed to be said was said in the interview. Follow Cortland on all the socials at Cortland's Home. That's Cortland with an S, Home. And make sure to check out his TikTok video that blew up with 14 million or whatever it is. It's pretty insane. At Cortland's Home. And while you're there on TikTok, check out at How to Buy a Home. That's me. Start some conversations. Ask some questions. I'm thinking about maybe even doing some lives. And if you're listening to this in 2026, TikTok lives was a thing we did back in 2022. Cool. Uh, Do me a favor, rate the podcast, review the podcast, share this episode of this dude's story, share it to your younger brother or your younger sister or your friends. Yes, let's start the revolution. I'm excited about it. I say it 
every single week. And if Cortland at 19 can figure out a way to finagle his way into a home with only five months of an actual job, dude, you can do this.